Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everybody. We're back. It's us. We are starting a cult, the podcast show. It's us. It's me. It's Grant. Hello. We're here, as always, as always, with the man Jacob, or Jake. That's what I call him. It's usually Jake. It's Jake. It was a very thorough introduction. I know, but I I don't have a full name, so it's, it's exciting for me to use people's full names. You know what I'm saying? Grant? I mean that that is my full name. We you know, usually just like, call you G, though. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, it's like yeah, I don't know. Anyways, we Griffin's here. Griffin, that's another full name. <laughs> yeah, G, another G name. It's us. We're the to G's. make it more confusing for everyone. Yeah, he didn't do the beatboxing thing because he made us a intro already. He one upped himself by doing that. He threw <laughs> in an entirely new piece of equipment into the show, and it worked. I loved it. I still do. I'll beatbox whenever uh, I'm called upon to right, do I will, so. <laughs> I'm going to call upon you to beatbox at a random point during this episode. Hopefully it's during like a really heavy part involving like death or something. No, it maybe, maybe. All right, so this guy... No, I'm kidding. Okay, so today <laughs> what we're going to be discussing is uh, a big... I'm a big fan of this guy. I, I stumbled across this man on YouTube many years ago as uh, an interview... <laughs> From back in the '90s, pre-birth of myself, and it's yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of things. It's, All of us. It's funny. It's serious. It's scary. It's intense. It's everything you want it to be. There's even some emotional and uh, loving things in there. A lot of patriotism. But the guy in <laughs> question here is Philip Schneider. Phil Schneider for short. It's he Phil. another full name. I'm going on the full names thing here, right? <laughs> So yeah, Phil Schneider. Okay, this guy, this guy's done it all. Okay, he's fucking. It's so hard to dive in because this guy is just fucking insane. He's got a long right? resume. Yeah. So okay, I'll I'll start here. Uh, a lot of a lot of the quotes about this guy. Uh, the, the biggest one that I run across a lot is this one here. Philip Schneider's life certainly proved to be as controversial as his death. <laughs> Boom. Perfect. People say that. So uh, he was born... Just to prime you guys for him. Yeah. He was born on April 23rd, 1947 at Bethesda Navy Hospital. 
uh, his parents. Oscar was his papa, and Sally was his mother. Mama. Oh, Mama. you totally missed that one. The you mamas and the mama. papas. Mamas and the papas choking on a ham sandwich. Uh, Oscar was a captain in the Navy, and uh, he worked in nuclear medicine and helped design the first nuclear submarines. Yeah, he was involved in the Philadelphia experiment as well. Well, that was that was later. It was, was later, but he did do it. He was a, a big part of Operation Crossroads, which was the initial testing of nuclear weapons in the Pacific at the Bikini Atoll. So that's how... Oh, I see now. So that's how this guy... That's he, how he acquires the information, the insider information. Well, no, 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 there's more. We'll get into how he acquires that later, right? And then um, at the actual... Yeah, this is where, like you were saying... At the actual interview, well, it was the same year as the one I was referencing earlier. He talked about how his father uh, was working on the Philadelphia Experiment. Flashback to me yes. saying that earlier. And uh, I'll get into how he found that information later because it's kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, so for, for those of you that aren't familiar with the Philadelphia Experiment, that could be an episode in and of itself. It's essentially where... The government and the Navy, they were trying to make stealth boats for combat, and they'd be invisible. So what they did is uh, they, well, supposedly what they did is they used a bunch of, like, nuclear equipment and laced this boat to try and make it invisible. Now invisible to the naked radar? Eye. Or no, the, the naked, naked eye. eye. Literally invisible. Oh, the naked eye. That's funny. So they were just actually trying to make it... <laughs> Literally invisible, not just yes. mermaid man and barnacle boys. And now, supposedly, what happened? Uh, just a short little rundown is supposedly it skipped about thirty-eight seconds into the future. It crossed <laughs> through dimensions. <laughs> ah, all and right. there were a lot of people were killed because uh, there were multiple people that were fused to the deck of the boat. Some of their legs like through the like the walking area, and their torsos above it. And they could do nothing about it. They were just fused into the mechanics of the boat. And uh, pretty much anyone that didn't have a fate like that got terribly sick and died. So the fucking Philadelphia experiment was a terrible experiment. So yeah, that's what Phil Schneider's dad was up to. Yeah, so his dad was hanging out with these guys, right? Doing some invisible technology shit. And that was, uh, you know, and then he also was uh, bombing uh, helpless islands in the Pacific. The bikinis. You got all that, or SpongeBob's houses. Yeah. Phil's dad (gasps) helped. Oh my God, the bottom of the bikinis, bikini bottom. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. The asshole. I think that's what it's referenced as in popular culture. The bottom of the bikini is the asshole. And that is kind of a universal one. Everyone's got an asshole. Yeah. Anyone can wear a bikini. You know what my grandpa said? Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one, and everyone thinks that theirs doesn't stink. I don't know if that's real if he really said that. I've heard my grandma say it a million times, and I've never met him because he's dead. So maybe he was on the Philadelphia Experiment. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I loved that. That was great. That's comedic timing there, my friend. That was great. Okay, yeah. Yeah, don't wait for me. Just do it whenever you feel it's right. I like that. So, yeah, then now we're going to get into... Phil Schneider, who I'll just throw out the name of the company he was working for here. Uh, Morris Knudsen. They hired him, and this was uh, 1979. Knudsen. Very nice. Yeah, that was a year. Very nice. Well, uh, just going back a bit, like for his personal stuff, you know, just like uh, meeting his wife and all that. 
his uh, yeah. wife. So uh, he met his wife in uh, 1986. Uh, her name was Cynthia. They married in Carson City, Nevada. And then they had a daughter named Maria. And then uh, shortly after that, it was four years, they got divorced. Oh. So there's some love and love lost in this story, just like any good story. Uh, so yeah, he was uh, he was employed by them. Uh, I think we're we're having different note things going on here. What, 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 My timeline is kind of skewed. Kind here. of skewed there. But uh, what I do have here about the marriage is uh, kind of kind of sad. Um, <laughs> well, Cynthia, it, it ended. Cynthia said that uh, a lot of Phil's health problems contributed to why she left him. Oh, that sucks. And uh, he had, uh, like, a lot of shit. He had chronic lower back pain, MS. Uh, he had to use crutches and, like, a back brace, leg braces, uh, bladder bag, a catheter, diapers, and even a wheelchair on occasion. All on top of having osteoporosis. Jesus. And, that, and, and, and she so said she that's left kind of why she right. left it. Well, Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, all right. So let's just, yeah, I'll just kind of get into uh, the uh, making of the man, why he's so interesting, why we're talking about him. He was employed by uh, by Lockheed Skunk Works in uh, Burbank, California. He worked on, like, SR-71s. Uh, he worked as a government geologist, for uh, specifically for NATO, and he was also an engineer. Um, he has 17 years experience. Let's, go, let's just go through a little bit of his resume. He has 17 years experience in black projects. He has level three um Rylite 38 security clearance which is pretty high it seems yeah, based really on a lot know. of the things he talks about I don't even have level A clearance okay I didn't even get to the numbers you didn't even yet. get to the numbers yeah all right well uh so apparently with this clearance he was authorized to report directly to either the United States president the director of the CIA or the associated base commander where he was, he was working at the time but uh, so basically, he, he's uh, he's a busy government man working on some pretty important things. Uh, from 1977 to 1981, he worked for uh, the DoD construct as he worked for a DoD construction contractor. And at the same time, uh, between 78 and and 81, uh, he worked uh, directly for the Navy office in. Uh, uh, he worked for the Navy Office of Naval Intelligence. Interesting. So yeah, shout out to David. We love you, David. Yeah, good, good, good going, job. David, in the Navy. Find us this information. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what a uh, security clearance David has. <laughs> That's a good question. Probably, probably B. even less than us. Yeah, yeah it, maybe Somehow we know more information about what goes on in the Navy than him, only because he's there, and they're like, we can't have this guy knowing what happens. Yet. No, yeah, he can't. <laughs> he's have gotta him. be there for. He's another, in the like, thick of it. He can't years. be calling this out. Just like no, that can't be happening. He's got to be there for, like, another three to four years before they let him into the room with all the aliens and they just let him hang out with them. Yeah, yeah. You'll get there, David. Don't worry. We believe in you. Yeah. Good going, David. All right, so apparently he was uh, he was largely involved in the... Um, he worked for, like, the government, like, specifically NATO, that kind of thing. But uh, so his, like, geology came in handy when he was working for to uh, create underground bases. Underground bases for the government. Uh, apparently, they had like boring machines. Um, they were boring deep shafts, and uh, they—he just like had to be familiar with certain types of rocks, that kind of thing. And they were boring one to three miles deep underground and making facilities with controlled explosions. And uh, yeah, essentially, yeah, that was basically his, a big uh, thing he was doing. And then they, these like uh, 
These bases are all over the world. His job took him to Russia, Vietnam, New Guinea, Saudi Arabia, and of course, here in America. Yeah. Essentially what this guy's job was, was that he would work with these people, and as a, since he was the geologist, they would go there with these boring machines and like uh, their equipment and shit, and uh, he would go down into like the holes that they drill, and he would check out the samples of the rock and kind of like recommend and tell them what explosives would work best and the best particular paths to work with to get rid of certain types of rock and clean them out fast and efficient. Yeah. And he was good at what he did because he had experience. So they they pretty much brought him along whenever they needed him. And yeah, they you're digging shit, you're going to need guys like this to fucking help you out. Yeah, they apparently got it down to a science to where they were boring like up to two miles a day oh, I, I, in the, I in the construction of these things. And like... Uh, from what he says in a lot of the talks, like we were watching a bunch of the talks that he he was uh, he was a part of during the '90s, and um, apparently there's a whole underground uh, situation going on, like civilization. There's, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah basically like uh, just like facilities and stuff uh, for the government, and they are connected by Mach two trains. Yeah, that are uh, magnetized. They sit like th- uh, three and a quarter inch off the rail. They're underground. They can just zip right across the country. And pretty much they could get you from L.A. to Chicago in under a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Mach in the two. 90s. Yeah. In the 90s. I haven't looked this up. I'm almost almost certain Mach is the speed of sound. I think so. so I'll look it up for you right now. Is it like it, you break Mach 1? It's like you yeah, break that's the, like you the, broke the, the, the sonic sound boom. Is, yeah. Breaking so the sound barrier. you're going double the speed of sound. Which isn't quite as impressive as the speed of light, but it's, it's getting there. It's faster than I can run. You're Mach 2 in this shit. I've never gone half Mach, so going Mach 2, you're beating a lot of people's personal records here. Yeah. Well. I and, can confirm the Mach. <laughs> the mach The Mach. The actual definition is a Mach number is a ratio of, of the speed of a body to the speed of sound in the undisturbed medium through which the body is traveling. It is said that the aircraft is flying at Mach 1 if its speed is equal to the speed of sound and air. So you're pretty much dead on. All right. Very nice. But yeah, so then this leads us in. I'm just going to jump right into this. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So the way that he figured this out was, I I did jump the gun a little bit here on this. So we're we're back in the year uh, 79, 1979. The end of an era. The 80s are coming. Everything's going to happen, right? Disco's out. He's Cocaine working, is rampant. He's working on a contract through the company Morris Knudsen, and they had him in Dolce, New Mexico, and they were adding an addition to an underground military base. In Los had. Alamos, yeah. And so essentially what the problem here was is that he didn't, he was, I mean, okay, so they told him it was an underground base, so he had no idea what they were kind of looking for, right? So they're drilling into the desert. And what happens is that they hit this, like, sheet of metal, and this black soot kind of, like, shoots out of it. And immediately, I mean, this guy's the rock expert, right? Like, this is what he fucking does. So he's like, what's the deal here? And uh, so they're freaking out, kind of like, why is this happening? And they find a hatch. So they open this hatch, right? There's a couple guys, they open this hatch. They, uh, They go down into this base, and it's actually a secret base where the tall greys are living and working. And for those of you unfamiliar, they're similar to the greys, but they stand somewhere between six and seven feet tall. 
So they're a little bit more human size, slightly larger. Even the bigger ones, yeah. they can get up higher than that. But on yeah, it's typically six to seven, maybe eight feet. And one fun thing about the greys that he mentioned, I just want to throw in a little quote there. He said the stench of the greys uh, was quote worse than the worst garbage can. Yeah. And uh, I'll so get, I'll get into why that might be. Yeah, it's at fun. least a theory I have. So essentially, what happened is they're down there, and there's like a shit ton of workers and military people down there. And there's a little skirmish that begins to erupt, okay? So Phil reaches for his uh, his nine-shot pistol, right? That's all he has. It was a six-shot. I thought he said nine. Either way, whatever. Just it was a flip pistol. it upside down, either way. It was a pistol. So this dude, he reaches for his pistol, and he's standing there. And these a fucking a bunch of people are getting shot. The aliens have their, like, power weapons, and they're shooting people. At the end of the day, um, 67 workers and military personnel people were killed. And that's not including the aliens. No one. He never really mentions uh, the aliens. And uh, he was only saved by... Uh, he was hit by a laser weapon in the chest by the aliens. He was struck right in the center of his chest. And a green beret grabbed him by, like, the shirt and essentially threw him into some type of, like, emergency exit hatch and threw him out and, like, sealed the door behind him. So Phil was... He got out. And uh, later... He was pretty busted up, though. Oh, yeah, he, he was fucked. Yeah, he, like, apparently a blue, be- a blue beam came at him. It hit him. He said it opened him up like a fish. And it, like, it seared off his fingers, which if you see this guy and you see his, like, left hand, like, two of his fingers and, like, a portion of another one is just seared off. And uh, apparently it seared off his fingers and it burned his shoe off and his toenails off. And he was just split wide open. Yeah, so then this shit goes on, right? And he's, like, freaking out. This is insane. And then this kind of leads into, like, what I was saying earlier with the health problems he had. Because, uh, I mean, his marriage was later after this event. And these all kind of led to this thing. And he had uh, cancer. And he blames the cancer on this, like, alien technology weapon and the radiation that was emitted and given to him through the weaponry. Yeah. He said it attacked mostly his blood and his bones. He said his bones were are very brittle in the uh, specific thing that we watched. It was in 95, I believe. Uh, that we yeah. watched, yeah, he was. Uh, it was in the process of him dying of pretty severe cancer. Yeah, beatbox. Severe cancer. Oh damn it! All right. Wait, what? Um, I can't remember what type of cancer he said he had. Do you remember the kind? I I don't even really think he mentioned what type it was. I think he just he just said it was uh, not curable. Yeah, <laughs> and it, the government did like, not tell. It was very yeah. terminal cancer. Yeah. Yeah. There was nothing he was going to do about his fucking cancer. Hey, quick question. Um, so the tall greys and the greys, he's, he's suggesting that the tall greys are the ones that are in these facilities, not oh, the regular greys. Don't even kid yourself. We'll get there. We're, we're <laughs> There's both, here. essentially. But the one where he was at was uh, in Dolce, New Mexico. That one, specifically, the first one he entered, that was the tall greys. Okay. That one was the talls, as he said, which... Look kind of funny, and believe it or not, it's one of our Patreon tiers. It really is. You yourself could be a tall gray for a very nominal fee. Not the point. Anyways, so all this happens, right? And this guy just, I don't know, I guess before we kind of jump in, how would you, how does anybody react to this? To what? Just all the parts? or Anything. Anything. How does any of this make you feel? I think it's uh, kind of funny that he blamed his terminal cancer on the laser blast <laughs> that he 
was well. What if it was a laser blast? I'm just saying. We his background was just a long list of other health problems and ailments. It just seems like you know he just had bad luck with the health issues. I don't know if <laughs> aliens gave him cancer. I think his shitty genes maybe gave him cancer. Well, that may have contributed to it. Yeah, you never. Is know. that a little harsh? You I don't do know. You never know. I mean, what what else like that he did would have put him into like bad health? You. That's. I mean. You know. Sure. I guess it depends on uh, the type of cancer. It's true. <laughs> but again, he said it was attacking mainly his like it was in his blood and his bones. So it was like it seemed all uh, all encompassing. Yeah. So the pretty much then what happens here is. We're we're gonna jump here just to his time in uh, the mid '90s when he started coming out and talking about all of this. Because I mean that that is like a big chunk of what he talks about, but there's plenty more that like goes into it. Mm-hmm. And essentially, what I find very interesting about him is that he really doesn't want you to believe him per se. He mentions that a few times where it's like, I don't care if you don't believe me. The biggest point of his message is that. He kind of drives this home a little too much, but uh, he talks about how anyone that works in government, whether it be senators, representatives, low-level people in government, or the president themselves, that if they lie to the American people, that they essentially need to be tried for treason and kicked out of office, and that the worst thing they could do is lie to the people and hide shit from them. And his whole point is that Americans need to kind of wake up and realize that this shit goes on. So this was, he was talking in the 90s, okay? And he said, I mean, the guy that's been there, he was talking about the budgeting of, like, uh, the American money that we use, like tax money. 28% of the GDP goes into funding and building underground military bases. Yeah, he said it was about $1.023 trillion every two years. Yeah, and that doesn't include any of the military budget, the black ops budget, anything else that gets siphoned into the military. That is off the top 28% of the GDP that America has goes directly into building these bases. And... They're, the number in my head, I believe it's 134 are the bases in America. I believe so, yeah. It's 134, and there's over 1,000 internationally, like worldwide. There's over 1,000. You said around 1,300, yeah. Yeah, so America itself has, at the time in the 90s, had 134 bases, all interconnected underground, where these things occur. And I'm going to get into some of the crazier shit about what it might be later. But what we're working with here is... This all stems back to the grand old year of 1954 with uh, Mr. Dwight Eisenhower. Oh, yes. And pretty much what happened was the Griotta Treaty, or the, yeah, the Griotta, that's how you pronounce it. Griotta, Griotta, Griotta yeah. something. And that is a treaty that was signed between the Greys and between Mr. Eisenhower himself, the president, that essentially says that uh, here's the beef, fellas. Um, we're going to do this. You aliens are going to give us your technology and your labor, and in return, we will keep you hidden, and we will let you take animals and humans as you need them to study and research and whatever the fuck you might need. And it was signed by the president and signed by what I believe is probably some hyper-intelligent gray alien mastermind leader. And they made a deal. (laughs) And essentially what that was, was Americans trying to, 
outsmart the aliens and put them into essentially a slavery Camps. situation. Yeah. Where in these underground bases, the aliens do not work there because they want to. It's all part of a, a treaty that was made back in the 50s. And essentially what leads Phil Schneider to go on and say that this is creating a huge rift and a lot of animosity between the aliens and the government, which would cause a potential uprising. A rebellion, yes, the uprising of the and Greys. He even goes as far to say as there are Greys that live in these bases that pretty much said fuck you to the government and do what they want and kind of like give away these little secrets and like give shit that they're not supposed to and just kind of fuck with people and they're like the rebels of their group and there's really nothing you can do about that because what are you going to do it's a treaty if you kill them all the aliens will revolt they'll have another dolce situation where you're fucking all fighting underground to the sand and people are dead yeah. It's funny because in this scenario, it's almost like the Greys are the good guys. They're like the rebels, you know. In a Star little bit. <laughs> They're like, They're like trying to, to rise up against man. They're trying to thrive here, and the government's just like, "Nah, motherfuckers, stay down there." Yeah. It's like that uh, that book, A Child Called It. It is the aliens. <laughs> That's what it is. It is the aliens. It is the aliens. It's fucking not okay. Dude, you want to get into uh, Val? Oh, yeah, this guy, yeah. He's, he's a fucking powerhouse beef sandwich. There is an alien named Valiant Thor, who apparently has worked in the Pentagon uh, since about 1937 or 38. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's worked there for 58 years, uh, is, is a quote what uh, Mr. Mr. Schneider yeah. said during one of his, uh, one of his, uh, you one know. One of his little uh, digressions. His, his little digressions. But, uh, yeah, and apparently he hasn't changed an inkling, like, the way he looks or anything. Uh, supposedly, his lifespan is 498 years. I'm sorry, what was his name again? Valiant Thor. I'm looking him up. Valiant Thor. But, uh, yeah, apparently, he's, like, uh, he looks, like, somewhat like a human being. He's a tall gray, correct? Yes. He yes, will, he is a tall gray. He, he might not necessarily be a tall gray, but he is a gray. Yeah. They don't really specifically say. But anyways, yeah, he, but yeah, he's a gray. Dude, I want to get into a little bit of the anatomy of this guy. Apparently, oh, yeah. he good. has one big lung. He has one big heart. His blood is made up of uh, car- uh, copper oxide, much like that of the octopus. Uh, his uh, gra- brain capacity is 300 centimeters greater than ours. He has an IQ that is off our charts. It's around like uh, 1,200. 1200 IQ and he speaks over 100 languages fluently apparently yeah and it just blows my mind that uh supposedly Phil got to meet him at one point this guy's fucking IQ is like what 1200 yes and like that is uh, that you qualify for something more than Mensa can offer you. Yeah. There's nothing I can say about that because you just qualify for things that are ridiculous that's roughly 10 or 11 Ed Kempers yeah, so in one man, Valiant Thor. Um, yeah, he's been working since he's been working with the government since the thirties or like the late thirties. Yeah, thirty-seven, thirty-eight was when he was uh, apprehended. You want to say? Yeah, I don't. He it is funny because he talks about how, like in the fifties, we made that treaty. But like he does mention that uh, one of the earliest things that he that we know, at least the government knows, is that the first time we made contact with extraterrestrials was. The earliest was 1933, and the latest was 35, because it was somewhere in the beginning stages of what would become World War II, 
because uh, the Americans, like we met them, as did uh, the Nazis, where the Nazis adapted a lot of their technology and they tried to copy and replicate things that they saw from the extraterrestrials. Mm -hmm. So this leads just a little question. Did Valiant Thor help us win World War II? He may have. He may very well have done that. I think he might have. I just found that there's um, a rock band called Valiant Thor, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that I the like first that. thing that came up? Yeah, so I had to do some There's some pictures. <laughs> there's one specific picture. Uh, it's it's like a Pentagon meeting, and you, they have a circle around Valiant Thor sitting in the yep. front row. I just had it. And it's particularly strange because he looks human. This one, correct? But yeah, yeah, you're looking at it. And there's things about him that look mm -hmm. non-human at the same time. His jaw's a bit... He looks like the crimson chin. Yes, he does look like the crimson chin a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And um, oh, he's definitely a fucking gray. Oh, this kind of this will connect me back to the smell. Now, what Phil Schneider says is that Valiant Thor does not shake hands, only because all most extraterrestrials, well, pretty much all of them on the surface of the planet and all of them underground have to stay quarantined inside suits of some type. And that is for the safety of humans and the safety of the aliens. Because it's the same as when you go to, like, different countries, remote countries specifically, and you need inoculations. They come from distant planets where uh, they have foreign diseases and bacteria. And It's a Native American situation. Right. When they're here, there's things that are foreign to them. Where, like, what Phil Schneider was saying was that, uh, like, AIDS... It's a strictly, as far as he knows and has been told by Valiant Thor, it is a strictly uh, earthly disease. So what that means is that it can be contracted by aliens, but if they wear these suits and quarantine themselves, they can avoid these. Which would lead me into the smell of, you're in a goddamn space suit 24-7, you're going to smell like shit. Do you think it was that, or were the, um, the greys that came out uh, during the accident when all that uh, shit went down... Were they wearing suits, or was that possibly the smell of their just... Was that just a natural thing? I think could it could have been, have been a, a little bit of their, uh, you know, bacteria and all that. I would imagine that they're probably in suits as well, just as part of the contract, or whatever you want. Is it a contract? It's a contract, right? Yeah, but he said that that had been there. The government didn't tell them that it was there. They might have known about it, but... Would they probably weren't expecting guests? You know what I'm saying? That's true. They probably weren't expecting that. So I feel like they may have been nude. Yeah, you never know. They could very well have been naked, and that raises a good point of naked aliens roaming around the planet. Get That's, David Huggins in here. It's yeah. very dangerous to them. It's very dangerous to us. And I guess the question I have, it I don't. It's a rhetorical question, if you will. What what, what kind of suits are these fuckers wearing? Are they realistic? Are they skin-tight morph suits? Are they transparent to where you see them as what they are? Or do they look completely different? Is it like a, a Fire in the Sky, the movie, Travis Walton? The greys were actually this pinkish blob creature. You remember that episode of Futurama where those fucking... Uh, like those old like blobs were like the, yeah. the enemies. They kind of look like that. They had like the weird danglies. Kind of, yeah. Like Zoidberg without yeah, a Zoidberg shell. Yeah, Zoidberg without a shell. I was about to say that, yeah. And they kind of looked like that. And the gray part of their skin was like a suit that they would wear while they traveled and when they were in their ship. They would take it off. You know, it's time for leisure. 
So what do you think these aliens are looking like in suits? I wonder if is Valiant Thor in a suit? He probably is. I think that it might be, yeah, it might be looking like a sort of a skin sort of suit. Yeah, they're dressing up as people, playing people dress up. Dude, it's like a people dress up. Yeah, it's like a a double-edged sword there, you know? You got got the suit to protect you, and you also look like a human. You can just walk around and go to the movies. Perhaps the treaty itself. That wait, did the treaty call for them to wear suits? Or no, that was that was a practice. That was that more was of a protective measure. <laughs> In the fine print of this, you it it, it clearly states you can't be uh, be nude anymore. And I don't think it was done by the American government. I think that was pretty mutual on both yes. parties, where the aliens were pretty much like, "Motherfucker, we are not going to be wearing sure. nothing because we don't want to get your weird human diseases." Well, let's say the suits are human skin type suits. Look how easy it would be for them to assimilate into our culture and exactly. our societies. They probably exactly. have already. That is Maybe where I'm a gray. I'm do, I'm kind of bouncing around here, but a lot of these thoughts oh are my connected. God. I, I think Griffin's a gray. But yeah, go ahead. The problem here, the biggest fear, is that the alien agenda comes into play here. And the agenda of the aliens Revolution. is very simple. Um, if you are one that buys into the Illuminati and the New World Order, the New World Order's plans for society are one in the same of the alien agenda, where it would be a one-world government run more than likely by extraterrestrials, and everything would be in the control of a small group of people where they would make every decision, and essentially everything would be small labor camps divided into cities. And the aliens want this. Mostly because they want the planet for whatever they see fit. They can take what they want. They can have what they want, whether it be water or plant life or humans or just simple labor. They can have it all. Yeah, and that is it, what their agenda calls for. Yeah, when it comes to them wanting humans, apparently there are nine races of aliens that uh, are very into harvesting humans' adrenal glands. Yes, and, the uh, adrenal getting chrome. a sort of uh, high off of it, you know. You know, Hunter S. Thompson style Johnny yeah, Depp the in the adrenal- bedroom. Yeah, yeah, in uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas when he has the raptor tail. Oh yeah, and they yeah they can harvest this, and this is what they do for fun. And what I found interesting is that they're they're malevolent aliens. These nine races, which he doesn't dive into what they are. You can assume what a few of them are. Like obviously, if you ask me, I'd say probably. The reptilians would be one of these uh, malevolent races. Yeah, they're the more aggressive, uh, interesting alien race. And the thing about this is that he says they do not want to eat humans. They have no interest in the body, the skin, the bones, or anything. They want simple organs, and not even all of them. They want very tiny glands in the body. That's all they're looking for. So they could kill a lot of fucking people that have a party, okay? That's all they need. Yeah, yeah. One fucking frat house could just ignite the most wicked fucking Lollapalooza in space ever. That's just what would happen. That would be awesome. But yeah, so this this leads like back to the, the alien agenda. This means a lot of things for us here. And the problem is... Yeah, this is also something Phil Schneider would bring up a lot in his lectures. Yeah, the treaty itself has an end date. It doesn't go on forever. It's not a forever treaty. It's not a, you're going to work for us forever and you're going to do this. It's fucking very cut and dry to the point where they're going to do whatever the fuck they want, whatever the fuck they want it. 
and that's what's scary is that he believes that this is going to come to an end when we get to a point where the technology that they have is all caught up with us and we can get nothing from them. We'll give up on them and then they can simply revolt or take anything they want, which leads to the point that I I uh, kind of have been thinking about as far as a revolution with these aliens go. Let's say that they gave us all this technology, right? Weapons, stealth aircraft, elements, which we'll get into shortly. Yep. Who is to say that they're not hiding more powerful things simply for the fact that, like, they're like, we can make all this shit for you guys, and then when it's our time to come back, we have shit that could just decimate what we showed you how to make. Much like the U.S. government with the stuff that the aliens are giving them right now. It's like how we send the losing Super Bowl team t-shirts to African children. That's like what they're doing to us. Where it's like, this is the shit nobody here wants, so we'll give it to you. And then when we come in and we do whatever we want, we're wearing our fucking Patriots jerseys. They're like, but I thought this team won. They're like, nah, dude, we fucking won. That's what this is. Dude, solid equivalent. They're I pulling love that. Yeah, that in us. Good. They're doing that to <laughs> that us. That took me for no, a ride, yeah. Grant. That was great. That's my thought. That That's makes perfect thinking. sense. No, yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Like they it. might be doing that. It's a dangerous game because we're trusting these extraterrestrials essentially living on this fucking planet giving them access to human beings, giving them access to animals and livestock, well, they're giving us access to weapons, and we're just supposed to lie down and believe that the weapons they're giving us are of a fair fight? Yeah. I don't hey, think that happened. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And like I was saying earlier, like the, uh, the government is keeping what the aliens are probably giving them, uh, like from us, for years and years, like supposedly the cell phone technology for the cell phone was around in the 40s, Yep, it was they were just using that yeah. wartime and shit. Yeah, and it was just released like very recently. Uh, like it's there's just a big delay of all these things, and it who's to say that what the situation we're in with our government isn't the situation that our government's in with the aliens? And two very interesting things that Phil Schneider brings up about the military, he says that laser technology, laser weaponry, hypersonic rounds are already outdated by military standards. They've yeah. moved past laser weaponry because they've had it since the 70s, so they're just fucking done with it. And then they also said that there are satellites that the military uses that can spot a dime and in the middle of your house through walls, through cement, through rebar, through everything. It can zoom in that close and just identify... From thousands of miles in space. It can just identify the head of a pin in your kitchen drawer, and they just have all that technology. Well, that was back in the 90s when he said that. Mm. So who's to say that they don't have something fucking more intense than that now, 20 years later, 25 years later, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's a big, it's a mild, not a mild, it's a wild jump. Yeah, very crazy. And uh, getting into, like, some of the technology, like, uh, another thing that he had, uh, Mr. Phil Schneider, um, for a lot of his uh, his talks, he brought in samples of uh, metals and alloys. Yes. And uh, apparently, some of them were grown in the con the grown. These are his specific words. They were grown in the confines of space. Yep. And Element one hundred and forty. One hundred and forty. Yeah, it's said to be able to resist uh, ten thousand degrees. 
No, ten million degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, that was another. That was another. Well, right, I'm, I'm thinking of the first one. Oh, okay. I'm. I'm anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. a lot of these are just. Uh, they're fucked up. Yeah, they're fucked up. They can. They are basically impenetrable. Uh, but they, it's an alloy that apparently we got from the tall grays, and it's now used in uh, from every, any everything to like cooling fans to like the outer coatings of uh, of like military vehicles that they're working on now. Yeah, well, he was saying, what was it, stealth, uh, stealth planes and submarines? Mm. Yeah, like Phoenix machines, Phoenix submarines. It's mostly like is. aircrafts, and then in some cases submarines. Yeah, but uh, helicopters, like yeah, planes, all those. So they have this shit, right? And what's funny is he actually makes super crazy points when he's talking. And he says that, um, like, this guy comes up to him and he's holding this element, right? And uh, the guy's like, oh, that's just coal. That's, like, nothing special. And he was in the desert. When he when he first, like, came across this, he was in the desert. And they were blowing holes and they came across a bunch of sapphires. And sapphire has a scratch-resistant toughness stronger or just as strong as diamonds yeah it's about nine i think diamonds are around there yeah and this element that he had uh the element which would be 140 on the periodic table could scratch the fuck out of sapphire and if you know anything about diamonds and scratching you cannot rub a piece of coal on a diamond and scratch it you cannot do that no, it's That's true. not how those things work. It's hard to find things that you could scratch diamond with. And, yeah, so these things are pretty much what we're working with here is that they're from outer space or they're mixes and hybrids of things that come from outer space, which in turn make things impenetrable, stealthy, heat-resistant, water-resistant, damage-resistant, laser technology-resistant, uh, anything. It, it's... you. So essentially what this means is that if you have a plane built out of this shit, it's very stealthy. It could uh, fly probably fucking 100 miles close to the sun and be okay. The engine would run. And then it could also fucking be shot at with some super hypersonic laser rifle from a fictional video game and just survive like nothing happened. Yeah. That is yeah. what it means for us as individuals. That's what it means. And this was all being said essentially two decades ago. Yeah, in 95. Yeah. No. Um, well, then, so under. But uh, it's just crazy to me that he was saying that all this technology was uh, around then, well, well before, I guess, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, what's funny is that we're gonna. I'm going to kind of jump into his personal life here. And... What happened? Yeah, so we said he divorced. It, him and his wife got a divorce. They had a daughter. And Tragedy. These things. Four year marriage. Yeah, so these things happen later on in life. I believe he. I believe this was like early nineties. So somewhere yeah. like he divorced 90, his wife in ninety. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this this specific event was ninety two or ninety three, I believe, mm-hmm. where a two federal agents showed up at the wife's house. And we're going to take the daughter. So essentially what the wife did was she pulled out a gun and stuck it in the back, uh, or stuck it in the federal agent's back and said, if you take my daughter, I'll pull this fucking trigger. They let her go. Why Why were they uh, coming to take the daughter? They never said. It was very quiet, very hush-hush. They just appeared and grabbed yeah. her. So what she did is she did this. And then... They let her go, they dropped her, and she said, if I ever see you come around again or anything looks like you're going to show up again, 
I'll shoot you in the head. Like, I'm just going to kill you. And Phil Schneider makes the great point, uh, the almost irrefutable point, of this woman threatened a federal agent and pulled a gun on him, and nothing ever came of it. They never returned. There was never, like, a report filed. She never got in trouble. If you went to any federal... If you went to the fucking post office and went up to the guy at the counter and said, I'm going to shoot you in the fucking head... You're going to federal prison because that's a crime. Yeah, that is a federal crime. You can't do that. You can't. Are do we that. suggesting that these no, I don't. I don't federal agents that. are well, these federal agents are perhaps not human? Maybe men in black. Either that's what that, I'm saying. or they're trying to hide or something. Right, or yeah, they're covering like, something. Or yeah. it's like some hush hush scenario. Yeah, where exactly. Probably like that the, one. I the made. shit that Phil Schneider survived and uh, goes on to talk about, like they have. I could see them trying to take his daughter and. Uh, Holder uh, for a situation where they're just like, shut up, shut up, we have your daughter. One of those things. Yeah, pretty much like, you keep talking, we'll fucking do this. And then, even funnier, it's so nonchalant, in the interview in 95, 16 days prior to the interview, uh, Phil Schneider gets clipped in the shoulder by a a fucking uh, retired FBI agent, right? And uh, so Phil Schneider's bleeding out right on the floor, pulls out a gun, fucking kills him. Kills this he guy. kills him, and it wasn't a, a retired FBI agent. It was actually an agent. Oh, he, was it? he was with the retired federal agent oh. that was actually supporting him and like coming out and talking about all this stuff. Okay. So he was with him, and it was while that was happening that um, some uh, federal agent like clipped him in the shoulder. Yeah, and yeah, he goes down and he just turns around and he kills the federal agent. He That's just kills him. Crazy. Yeah, supposedly. And uh, but this is what he said, and he was like, "That was two weeks ago, and nothing has happened since." You think they want publicity and all this stuff? Like it was—it's pretty nuts. He, apparently, he's had a lot of, uh, or he had a lot of uh, attempts on his life. Oh yeah. Up until that, but that was just the most uh, recent at that point. And the funniest thing is, all this shit started happening in late '93, uh, because prior to this, um, him and his friend Ron Rummel who was an ex-Air Force agent and a publisher of the Alien Digest, which was a magazine. Sounds cool. And uh, on August 6th of 93, uh, he shot himself in the head with a gun. Or that was what was reported. And Phil Schneider took this as a message that said, pretty much, if you're coming out and talking about this shit, what's going to happen is that you're going to be killed. So what he did, after all this event occurred, he was like, fuck it. I'm going out in public, I'm going to go out and do this shit, and I'm getting word out there that America is not safe from these fucking imbeciles that are trying to kill people based on aliens. And that's what he did. It's exactly what he did. Yeah. Yeah. And so this fueled his fire, to say the least. This sent him on a mission, cross-country, international too, where he would just go and meet people and give these lessons and talks and bring diagrams and pictures and show people all the fucked up shit that's been going on in the world. Yeah, like I said, he had the he called them artifacts, and they were just uh, like the alloys and like the pieces of metal and stuff. He also brought the uh, very famous picture of Valiant Thor, and uh, he was he said it was an original, and then also a photograph of apparently a um, an extraterrestrial spacecraft, like on the on the wing of a um, of a plane that was uh, bombing the bikinis. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. And it was apparently an original picture, but uh, but yeah, yeah. He was very uh, thorough in his presentations. Like you said, uh, at usually the beginnings of him, he's not the best speaker. 
He kind of stumbles a lot like what I do, really. Yeah, we're, we're but, learning uh, still. And as I'm see, still learning. I stumble a lot, but uh, he was he was fumbling. And then the last, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back was in 93 also. He was searching through the attic of his childhood home, and he found all the files that were about his father, Oscar. Mm. And they talked about his involvement with black ops things, uh, the Philadelphia experiment, things like that. And he read all this, and pretty much to him, it showed that there were things that he knew that no one else knew. And then there were things that his dad knew that no one else knew. And it all kind of connected into this thing of the government is hiding a lot of shit from everyday people for the sole purpose of just expanding their strength and knowledge without anyone else being able to have access to that information. Basically, clearance levels don't really mean shit. It's individuals who are told to not say anything, even to other individuals with the same sorts of, like, clearance. It's all just hush-hush. It's all individual. No one ever talks about it, so it's all covered up. Which is, the funny thing is, a lot of people kind of question Phil Schneider because he was just a geologist and an engineer, so their question is, you know, how the fuck did this guy get involved with all this shit? And it's pretty simple because he was doing these these workings out in the deserts where he was helping them bore through the rock. And if you ask me, I mean, I don't think it was happenstance. I don't think he just was there one day and they were like, hey, there's aliens. You're going to go dig this shit up. I think it was pretty much they're like, this guy's good at what he does. Like, he's a reasonable worker. He's helping us, like, cover a lot of ground. I guess it's time to send him on something a little bit more important. And he just kind of got mixed in with shit that maybe he didn't want to be mixed in with. and Or maybe he did. I don't fucking know. I don't know. But shit just happened. I mean, the bloodline is there. His dad was working on some weird shit. So maybe they're just like, well, the family can keep a secret. They're good workers. They fucking help us. So let's have him do some shit that uh, we really need some help with here, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, that's, that's kind of where all this started. And Phil Schneider was i mean he was super popular back in the day among the alien community because i mean he just had a lot of weird shit to say he had a lot of like facts that he could report on and sure stuff. at the time it seemed right, credible, like, right like now this and is kind of crazy right like if some guy came out now in the age of the internet it'd be so easy people would just tear this fucking guy apart also nobody would probably even notice it there's just way too much oversaturation especially with like ufo sightings and info yeah i mean for christ's sake there's the like area 51 storm area 51 thing going on right now and it's just like it's just a meme like yeah and it's like no one gives a shit it's like oh this is interesting but there's so much of it it's it all just blends together into one right thing that people don't believe usually and it's just funny to me because i don't understand why like i mean i don't know he's a pretty real guy it won't he's kind of like a david huggins to me in that fact where he's not sitting here screaming at you like, you gotta believe me, you fools, this is real. He's pretty much, his whole message this whole time is the same shit that me and Mitchell say about Snopes.com. It's the same goddamn message. I feel the same way, you guys are just more vocal about it. It's the same message that do your own research, like go out, read shit, like he was saying, go, like he didn't have that at the time, but it's, now you can go online, read about the representatives that are in your area, read about the government. What are the bills that they're passing? What are the things that they're signing into law? What are they okay with people doing? What are they not okay with people doing? And if you don't educate yourself, they're going to abuse the fact that you don't educate yourself. And they're just going to drive you deeper into this mental slavery 
where essentially it's going to get to a point where they could do whatever the fuck they want and no one can stop them because you didn't know anything happened. Yeah. No, yeah, he, he, there was a... What, what did he say? He was like, pick up your mouths and yeah, pick, pick up, up your, your mouths pick up your brains. brains and no, pick he, up your mouths and talking, use them. <laughs> he was first talking about the Second Amendment and he's like... We shouldn't. We don't. You don't have to pick up a gun to make a difference. You should be picking up your mouths and your yeah, brain. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny because it, it is like the reality of it is he. There's a grain of truth to what he says in a lot of ways. That's kind of what I was thinking. Where even I mean, okay, so yeah, agree or disagree, I, it's irrelevant at this point. It's a valid point, and you can compare it with anything you want. Back in the day, this was an easy one to compare it to with, like gun control. And his whole point was, if you remove, if you get rid of guns, that's like, well, okay, that's an argument in and of itself that we're not going to get into because that's a fucking huge topic. But his whole point is, once you do that, everything's a slippery slope. Then what comes next? It's similar to how now censorship occurs. Free speech, yes, where exactly. Where you take away one thing, you can't do this. Okay, you can't do this. And then in a year, what else can't I do? And then it just keeps going and going and going until eventually... Everything you say is monitored, and if it's not to their liking or someone's liking, you're going to get in trouble for it, and then you're fucked because AKA you let the these Soviet laws Union. pass. Soviets. And that's his whole point. It's very valid where the more that you chip away at the rights of the people in America, the less freedom and strength they have because the strength we have is knowledge. And if you don't have knowledge, then what else do you have? You have nothing. No, you have guns. True. You have so many guns. Right. Lots of guns. So Phil Schneider, his whole message was to get out there and make a difference with your mind. And don't... I mean, Pick he, up your mouth. Right. And... Go out there and talk and meet people and fucking... When you have a problem with the way people are voting or writing in laws, you motherfuckers are like, hey, what are you doing? Like, why? This isn't okay. See, that's the part of his whole... Your, you know, his message, as you're calling it, mm-hmm. that is... You know, that can be used or applied to anyone or anything in this country. But I think what, no pun intended, what alienates him oh, are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice, oh, yeah. nice, is uh, the fact that he's saying all this crazy shit about aliens. And, you know, it sounds really conspiratorial, very, you know, mm-hmm. it sounds, I don't want to say bullshit, but it's, it's not in the mainstream. Yes, it's, it's not in the mainstream. <laughs> But then he tries to kind of make it mainstream by emphasizing all the things that you just talked right. about. But for a lot home. of people, it, it's just too far gone at that point. Yeah. He's already yeah. said all of this crazy stuff. But then there is the extra point. I think he even mentions it at one point. It's where if even 2% of what he says is occurring is real, there's like an enormous problem. Yeah, it's worth listening like, to. Like, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's true because, okay, think of it like this. Even... If you don't believe in anything of the underground bases or the aliens, first off, I mind you to do some research of your own because, fuck it, it's there's a lot of shit that has some reality to it, whether it's you know alien or not. There's some secretive shit going on, and his whole point is whether there's aliens involved or not, the military and the government as a whole is hiding a lot of things, whether it be technology, ideals, or practices from the everyday person. And that is where the danger lies in the fact that things can occur where we have no way of stopping it because we didn't know it existed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, even like it's it is funny because he kind of talks about he gets to a point where he's almost like wanting to revolt against the government. But he 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 covers himself up and he's like, I don't want that. But it, it is the reality is we're fucked. 
and I kind of have to. <laughs> no, it is true. I, mean, I kind of have to agree with him. Where oh. I'm, I'm kind of. I ever since I heard about this, him saying that, it makes a lot of sense, and it's almost hard because you, everyone in politics lies. But his whole point is that if you lie as a politician, you are like the scum of the earth, and that that is treason by definition. If you're lying to the American people that voted you in, you're doing a disservice to them by hiding things that they should know or be aware of. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, treason's a fucking crime. That's a big thing. Just because it doesn't happen anymore, it's still a thing. It is still a uh, punishable offense. It, I mean, I guess it happens. Look at, like, Edward Snowden and shit. Yeah, I was about to say, didn't Snowden technically commit treason? Yeah. yeah. Is now he still on the lam? Is he still... He's in Russia. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's like all these dudes, it's... What do you... If you ask me personally, I think that is that's some true American shit right there. The founding fathers would be proud of dudes like Edward Snowden. They just would. Because yeah. they're doing they're they're fucking providing knowledge to the people that make up the country that we supposedly love so much. And that's what that's where it lies. That's what's important, you know. Mm-hmm. But if we don't have that, we have nothing. We have nothing. And then, uh, all right, let's get into the sad reality here. Yeah. Things come crashing down to a halt on either they, they don't know the day specifically. It was January 17th of uh, 96 in Portland, I believe. Well, yeah, so yeah. they do know the day the, specifically. Yeah, no, well, no, no, the day, the day of his death. Uh, they don't know the day of that. regarded as the 10th or 11th of January. Yeah. Because they, they found him days later. And it was so they the discovery know. that was on January 17th of 96. Yeah, they don't, they don't know the actual day himself. And uh, what this is where it's going to kind of... Uh, this is the knockout blow here, if you will. Knockout. Um, his wife was called in by Detective Randy Harris, and uh, she came in to investigate the body before they took it and immediately when she came in she was like something's fucked up here something's wrong and what they did is they searched the apartment and Cynthia realized that all of the family photos that Phil had in the house were gone all of the manuscripts that he was working on writing and publishing that same year in 96 were gone all of his notebooks had pages ripped out of it, and that fo- that box of papers that he found in the attic with all of his dad's shit was taken and gone. And she knew about all of those because he told her all about them, and they were gone. Yeah. And then, fucking, this just shows you how stupid the cops were that were there. It took an autopsy to realize that he was murdered, or not murdered, he killed himself, air yeah. quotes. The death certificate it. says that he uh, he strangled himself. Yeah. And there was a rubber hose tied around his neck three times and tied in a knot, which cut off blood flow to his brain, killing him. And they think what might have happened is that he tried to move, was you know unconscious or going unconscious, and fell and bashed his head and died. And it took an autopsy to realize that there was a, a rubber hose around his neck. And there's pictures of the autopsy where the fucking hose is still on his neck. Yep. yep. So like you could have seen it if you were there. And it's tied in the back. Yeah. Correct. So yeah. This guy, it was suicide. Suicide by rubber hose to the neck. Theoretically. That is, that's yeah. a new one for you. I bet you haven't heard that one yet. Yeah. He probably just got rid of all that stuff. He was probably starting uh, turning a new leaf or so, just turning around. He didn't want to talk about that anymore. 
And then he just, uh, you know, so he burned all his stuff, and then he just, he just, he just, uh, he died. Yeah. He killed himself, supposedly. No. No, it was the government that killed him, I think. And, Sounds uh, like it was suicide by murder. Oh, yeah. And you know what's funny about all of this? When he was found, it was in his apartment, uh, his feet were wedged under the bed. His head was laying in the seat of a wheelchair at a very tilted angle, and his body was slumped on the floor. So he was... His head was elevated into, like, a wheelchair seat. His body was laying on the floor, and his feet were tucked under the bed. And his hands were perfectly still at his side. And they found, like, a shit ton of blood on the floor by his feet. But the wheelchair had no blood on it or around it. Interesting. So, the biggest question here, if it's suicide, why would there be blood with a asphyxiation? Why would there be blood... You know what I mean? And especially if there was blood, it would be by the head where the asphyxiation occurred, not by the feet where nothing happened. Yeah, supposedly. And just how would that work as, again... The blood supposedly came from his head, though, right? Well, that's what they say. They don't... Okay. No one knows. It's very hush-hush. It's like they, they fucking just kind of jumped right into it, and it was done within a couple of days. It was like, no, it's done. Fuck you. And then when the wife wanted to examine the body more, they were like, oh, we already cremated it. It's gone. Mm. So it was one of those situations where it was very quick. They did a fast autopsy just to appease the family. And then it was burned and all the evidence was gone. And it was, up. Oh, never mind. Sorry. And um, Well, shit. Yeah. And uh, what's funny, pretty much uh, Cynthia, the wife, uh, or the ex-wife of Phil Schneider, um, her and uh, multiple people that were friends with her said that he had been spending a lot of time with a blonde-haired woman uh, several weeks before he died, and no one knew who she was. Uh, her presence was like very in and out, and like when people would come up to him to talk to him, she would walk away. And um, no one really knows who she was, and she never came forward and said she knew who he was, and nothing ever came of that past uh, his death. People knew he existed, but that was about it. That was pretty much all you got out of that one. So yeah, Phil Schneider. Phil Schneider, big man. He was, uh, dead. He was uh, yeah, he is dead. Uh, I don't think he killed himself. Um, or maybe in a sense, if you'd like to look at it that way, because he was saying all these things in public and talking about it. Maybe in that sense, he killed himself. But I really don't think he uh, he strangled himself. No, I think it's almost impossible, and especially because you got to look at it like this. So, like I said earlier, Ron Hummel, his friend, who was doing something very similar, suicide, shot himself in the head. Phil Schneider uh, had plans to sell a book and was doing speech and touring circuits all across the country. So what would be the reason to do that? Yeah, and... There was uh there was actually one point that he mentioned towards the end of the interview that we or not the interview but the uh the presentation that we watched where he was saying in his later presentations he was going to have coordinates of all of the uh, underground bases of the United States. Yes, he so lightly put it longitudes and latitudes. Longitudes and latitudes. And yeah, so this guy, it it was not suicide. It's very clear to me that it wasn't. That's just very obvious. And the sad reality is that um, he pretty much got, uh, he pulled an Icarus. He flew a little too close to the sun, yep, yep. and he got burned hard as fuck. He was rabble-rousing. He should have had that, uh, that alloy that we were given by the aliens. And, he would have uh, been able to withstand that. 
I just want to... I got a little theory here, okay? I got a little, uh... Fucking crazy theory here. Uh, there's a lot of shit. Uh, there actually are... Uh, he talks about the international implications of the UFOs. Um, back in the 90s, he said that uh, Russia was shooting down 50 to 60 UFOs a month in their country. Yeah, and he said they were piling them by Mongolia, yeah. And he said China was being heavily impacted by the UFOs. And he doesn't really go into a lot of that. And what happens is uh, Russia... They corroborated a lot of the things that Phil Schneider said. And if any of you are familiar with, like, Russian information, they're a lot more willing to be open about things like this than America and pretty much any other country on the planet. They Russia has never come out and said that uh, aliens exist. But they haven't said they don't exist. They've it, said they've seen a lot of crazy shit. Yeah, and... Oh, 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 one one thing I do actually really want to talk about, just because it's interesting. And, again, uh, if you guys are familiar with our episodes, Ruby Ridge, Phil Schneider oh, talks yeah. about Ruby Ridge, and he talks about Ruby Ridge and Waco, and his beef is that America just accepts the facts that are laid before them without ever thinking about it again. And they kind of were just like, oh, yeah, you know, this is what happened. America did what they had to do. And what he said is that at Waco, they pumped a poison gas into the Waco compound for 48 hours straight. And what people don't know about the gas that they pumped into Waco is that if it is uh, inhaled by anyone under the age of 10 or with a weak immune system, it will kill them within 72 hours or less. Yeah, you'll it breathe it in. The It'll lungs. sear the lungs, yeah. It burns the lungs and you're dead. So his whole point was that even the worst, like, scum of the earth people don't deserve to be killed a hundredfold over because you disagree with what they're doing. And even the most disgusting, I mean, he's very for murdering uh, people that are criminals. Yeah. And uh, even he believes that, like, the worst people in the world do not deserve to be tortured in that fashion. Yeah. And then that leads him into the original uh, Twin Tower bombing in the sub-basement. Yep. And uh, actually, Timothy McVeigh's Oklahoma City bombing, where he is a geologist. So this is where his expertise comes into play, right? And um, for those of you that don't know, I didn't know this. He talks about it. Uh, The sub-basement of the World Trade Center at the time has... Uh, six or nine different types of rebar-enforced concrete barriers. And these barriers are about six to eight feet thick. And they said that a fertilizer bomb on the back of a van or truck was blown up in the sub-basement and essentially decimated the basement, going through up to 20 feet of concrete with fucking 18 different types of rebar in these different sections of the sub-basement all reinforced with steel, and it was just completely obliterated. It was destroyed. And he said the only way that something like this could actually happen is with a small, like, miniaturized nuclear detonation. It can't be done by a homemade fertilizer bomb. It just can't. Yeah, Yeah. and he ties that back to Oklahoma City bombing as well because uh, apparently one of the only places you can get something like that... um, 
around in, near or around that area is uh, Mather Air Force Base, which holds a lot of nuclear explosives. Ooh, yeah, and uh, Mather Air Force Base, there was a Mather truck and a Mather van in yeah. the bottom of the World Trade Center. Oh, and then that's crazy. There was a Mather truck seen uh, multiple times, two to one weeks prior to the Oklahoma City bombing, driving around the building. So see, that's very uh, mysterious, exactly. <laughs> very cryptic. <laughs> yes, very damning evidence. Yeah, and this got me very off topic here because Russia, circumstantial as I was saying, Russia has pretty much uh, a lot of people that work on. Russian News and the Voice of Russia specifically have come out and said that a lot of Phil Schneider's stories correlate with different experiences that have happened uh, to other people in Russia. And it's not as far-fetched as you might believe it to be. Now, that wasn't too crazy for you. I got something even more fucking crazy for you guys. Are you ready? What's this? According to Arizona Wilder, who's a studier and researcher of the Rothschild This person's name is Arizona? <laughs> all all of this can be traced back to the 13 bloodlines who are responsible for creating the gray extraterrestrials. You guys know who the 13 bloodlines are? Because I got them pulled up. You want to know Dude. who they are? No, let's hear it. We got the Astor family, okay? They're one of the wealthiest motherfucking people around. They were, uh, J- John Jacob Astor was the big one, and uh, he died on the Titanic. Nice. The Bundy family, not Ooh. the Ted Bundy oh, family, don't okay. worry. Uh, they're uh, huge, prominent members of Skull and Bones. Then you got the Collins family. They have extensive. Uh, they have extensive connections to Cabal and New England Satanism. And <laughs> possible, fantastic, nice. Possible members include astronaut Michael Collins and actress Joan Collins. Wow. Then you got the Dupont family. They have connections to Freemasonry and Illuminati front groups, similar that to. The Bilderbergs and the Trilateral Commission, who we will cover at a later date. DuPont just sounds that way. The Freeman family. They're heavily involved in the Priory of Scion, a French fraternal organization with a mysterious and potentially made-up history. They include uh, the Freemans are heavily involved in the creating of the self-help movement and an offshoot of all New Age medicine. Wow. Then Ah, Then you got the Kennedys. Crystals. Give or take. You know, everybody knows the Kennedys. They're a goddamn conglomerate. They keep just getting taken out. Then you got the Lee family, not L-E-E-L-I as in Jet Lee. And um, he was, uh, Lee Ping was a key prime minister in the westernization of China. And he holds enormous fortune in real estate and manufacturing. Then, boom, worlds colliding. You got the Onassis family who are Satanists. Jackie, Jackie O, baby, she was sucking on JFK for a while. Nice. Then you got the Reynolds family, all right? You know, R.J. Reynolds. Always sunny in Philadelphia, nice. Uh, Philanthropic connections, and uh, they also have links to occult and Satanist effects. Then you got the big tunas. You got the Rockefellers and the Rothschild families. Yep. Then up at the bottom, you got the Russell family and the Van Dunn family. Van Dunn. Those are the 13 bloodlines that create the Illuminati. Don't think it's real? Go to the CIA.gov, the CIA's fucking website. They have a 290-page PDF about the 13 families and their bloodlines and connections to shady shit. 
the CIA has it on their fucking website. That's just the part of the declassified information? Yep. Yeah, it's a PDF. Nice. I saved it onto my computer so I could read it at a later date. In my leisure. That would be a good episode. Yeah, we and should do that. Back to what I was saying about how they created the extraterrestrials. Uh, Wilder himself claims that in black operations that were uh, done in these dumbs or the deep underground military bases. Nice. Uh, the greys are actually called cybers because they are artificial intelligence that has been mixed with dolphin and alien hybrids and that they were created in these underground military bases. Dolphins are smart. I'll dolphins say that. Dolphins, gray aliens dolphins and are grays. mixed with AI technology to create gray extraterrestrials. How about that for your fun fucking fact of the day? <sighs> what, the what the hell, hell was going that? On over there? Someone dropped a gun. I said grays and some crazy shit happened. <laughs> it's almost as if the dolphin hybrids have come into the house. Oh my god. But yeah, I just threw that one, that little piece of information in there. Maybe hint at a bloodline episode we can cover because there's a lot of crazy shit going on here. It seems to be. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just glossed over these families, but just look at this picture of Onassis. It's disgusting. Look at these glasses. <laughs> oh god, he's all wrinkly looking. He looks like bad. silly putty, man. He's he's a disgusting human being, and his daughter is fucking hot, or she was. Let's just Jackie was O. She, oh my, oh, yeah, god. you're right. Dude, Jackie O was super hot. That's just me, though. Anyways, uh, fun fact, Jackie O's maiden name, same maiden name as Marge Simpson. Oh, uh, a Bouvier? Yep. Nice. That's fantastic. But, uh, yeah, anyways, anyways, it's funny. Um, so, what's going to happen here is, is that Phil happen? Schneider is an intense motherfucker. That's my motto. Good what message. Thoughts? Give me some yeah. thoughts on this, fellas. What are your ideals here? Um, his overarching message, I could get behind, question, question everything, right, the general gist of it, um, some of the stuff about the gray, you know, the cities, obviously you gotta take it with a grain of salt, of course, (laughs) look into what he said, but, uh, yeah, I gotta say, I liked his, uh, his morale. I liked the fact that he wanted to you liked his inspire change. Yes, I liked his chutzpah. He's got a lot of moxie, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I believe I, uh... that Phil Schneider, me personally, I'm typically more skeptical about things. I try to play the skeptic role. There are things that can be debunked about what he says in a way, or at least thoughts that can kind of counter what he says. I am a full, fe- full I'm a full fledged <laughs> believer in what Phil Schneider has to say about most things. No, yeah, I, and I think that might be part of the reason why I do like believe a lot of the things he says is because he doesn't try to cover his tracks with every like turn. He's just like, all right, this is what I have to, this is what I experienced, and this is what I can say based on that because of my profession. Anything aside from that, I I either don't know or it it all ties together. You know, like it. He's a very uh, no-bullshit sort of guy. He really is. He's, at least he seems to be. But he, he keeps it professional. He keeps it uh, he keeps it very true, very genuine. He seems like a true straight arrow coming right from my forehead. I believe it. And I think he, if he was alive, he would. And what's funny, if he was alive today, I get the vibe that he would be very active politically but it would be the type of politics I like, where it's just pure anarchy. It's like, no, no, no. Everyone on this stage is full of shit. They're fucking liars. We need 
to tell the truth. The aliens are going to be here any minute, and we have to figure out a plan. We won't need a foreign policy when we're all fucked. Yeah, it's like, they're like, what's your health care plan? You know what my health care plan is? Same as my education plan. Same as my wartime plan. We're going to fucking kill the aliens. Get rid of the parasites. Once we do all of that, we will be fine, okay? We will eradicate everything because we have the technology, but we're being blocked by these fucking gray bastards that are living in the basement of the Earth. No, yeah, that would be fun. I would love to watch. I'd, I'd watch that. That's what I, I'd vote for him, dude. I would vo- I'd probably vote for him, too. I'd somehow find a way to commit voter fraud and vote twice just for this yeah, guy. I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, it'd be so amazing. I would tell my family. I'd be like, Mom, Dad. I'm so sorry. You gotta do You this. have to vote for Phil Schneider. And then they'd look at me and be like, son, we know. <laughs> and then we'd have a family bonding moment. Everyone would be happy and we'd eat cheesecake. And it'd be a great night. That does sound like a... That sounds, that sounds like nice. A, a fantastic yeah. night. But too bad this guy had to go and fucking die because he was... Big, he had to strangle himself with a hose. He was big uh. blabbermouth boy, blabber boy, just fucking going around telling everybody the world's secrets. And he's like, oh, the aliens are here. Oh, fucking believe me, they're here. Boom, he's dead. He is dead. What are we going to do now? Where where, do, where are we left and with now him now? the podcast is dead. What does this mean for us? What does this mean? I don't know, man. It means so much. And the reason I like... <laughs> it means so much. Well, anyway... <laughs> the reason I like Phil Schneider is he kind of covers like everything that I find fun. He goes into conspiracies. He goes into aliens. He goes into fucking secret government projects. He covers it all, and it's, like, not crazy. Yeah, it's all in the framing of just, like, yeah, this is what happened. And it's all connected. <laughs> like, it's he's, not just some he's guy. been in the thick of it. It's not some guy on the internet named Arizona saying, aliens are actually dolphin hybrids that live in underground bases. It's like, nah, dude, Dwight Eisenhower's an asshole, and uh, we got to figure <laughs> out a way to get rid of these fucks. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I like him, because he's real, he's raw, he's powerful. He's, he's like, like a blue-collar conspiracy man. Yeah. He is. He's the working man's conspiracy theory. He's the ham sandwich of conspiracies. He's always true. Tying it back to the mamas and papas, eh? Oh, and death. Right. There we go. He's always tried and true. Slap some cheese on him, and he's ready to go. Perfect. That's my motto. That is absolutely perfect. Uh, yeah, it's Just like Phil Schneider. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Phil yeah. Schneider is the ham of America, and the ham has been killed. It has been slaughtered. So what do we, where do we go from here? <laughs> the only way we go from here is down. Essentially, if you're going to take away anything from what we've said tonight, it really comes down to please just fucking inform yourself. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Real, actual information does not come in the form of social media. It just doesn't. And when it does, it's a very watered-down version of what the truth is so that it's accessible to everybody. It's within 180 characters. And yeah. when it becomes accessible to everybody, it's not the truth anymore because the truth isn't accessible to everybody. It's a fucking oxymoron that nobody will ever pay attention to. Well, I wouldn't say it wouldn't be the truth. It might just be not the entire truth. Well, yeah, not the entire truth is not the truth to me. Because if they give you a piece, I want the whole pie, you know? That's what Phil Schneider's whole point is, though, is about chasing the entire truth, the absolute truth, yeah. not yeah. just He's know, He's like a true American patriot. He, like, is. I don't really care what is. anyone says. Was. He might be a little crazy and out there for you, but this guy was looking out for the best interest of America. And he ended his speech in, like, such a beautiful way 
where he pretty much just said everyone that's here right now is relatively intelligent if you're handling this information and you're out here to listen to me talk. So what I want you to do is just look to the people around you and your neighbors and just shake their hand and pat them on the back and say, thank you for being an intelligent person that thinks and listens and wants to make a difference. And that's like what he ended with. That was his end note. Yeah. And it was beautiful. He did take a lot of questions. He couldn't hear very well, but... yeah. But yeah, you could that was, tell that was he was kind of like nervous and antsy. Yeah, like I said, he was would, just like fumbling over it all. People and, in the video, it was getting kind of funny. They'd be like, uh, Phil, I was wondering if you could... Yeah, I can't hear you. Yeah, no, we're going to need to get you a microphone. I can't hear you. Uh, Phil, I was... I speak was, up! <laughs> Phil, speak I, up. Phil, I was just wondering if you... Uh... All right, no more questions. Yeah, he's like, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I'm done. We don't have time for this. They're just like, wow, this guy's kind of aggressive. He's no bullshit. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was Phil Schneider, uh, his situation. But yeah, uh, do your own research, everyone. Yeah. Look into things that you find interesting. Give yourself 90 minutes and really dive into it and find like genuine sources with people that can verify their information, uh, with people that seem trustworthy. It's all about personal bias when you research. And I would, if you find articles, any hint of bias ignore the article because if there's any bias in any part of an article it automatically becomes tainted with whatever that person wants to say they're going to say whether it's true or not and that's the reality of news nowadays where news is just kind of a fucking joke fake news they tell you what i don't like the term fake news but it it really isn't wrong in a sense where a lot of news is news to entertain i guess that's what i'd call it it's entertain news, not news. <laughs> entertain news. <laughs> Jesus. Entertain news. That's what it is. It's like it's meant to be. It pisses me off, man. I'll watch the news like on uh, channel seven, like ten o'clock, and they get into some like crazy heavy shit. Right? They're like, this fucking cop. He was driving <laughs> down the street. A hail of bullets hit the car. She jumped out of the car, shot three of the guys with the guns, and was hailed a hero for the day. Tune in after the commercial and look at this 80-year-old man that forgot his birthday cake. And it's yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> this is the news? What happened to the woman? Then it woman? goes back. It's like, this man forgot his birthday cake, started hailing bullets on this police officer. It all ties back. It's like, what the hell? Like, Go back to the cop. Like, I want to know what happened to her. It's like... Wait till you see this Alzheimer's patient try to remember his grandson. Not, dude. The cop probably uh, was found in her apartment <laughs> with multiple layers of tubing tied around her neck. Probably. It was probably a suicide. It's so frustrating. I. I it's hate, so frustrating. <laughs> I hate light news. It's so infuriating. The only time that light news is okay is at like five in the morning. Because no one wants to read about some crazy shit going on when they're taking a shit and drinking coffee. But, like, it's, dude, when it's nighttime news or evening news, I'm, like, very tired of just hearing, this kid has a science project, and he used slime for you'll never guess what. It's like, I have to wait fucking 30 minutes. He killed his teacher. He shoved it down her throat, and there's an yeah. investigation going on right now. Like, this kid's going to Harvard. I don't fucking care what is happening to the town that I live in. What does your dog do when you're not home? Five, five signs that your dog might be a sociopath. It's like, it's a fucking dog, okay? Does he lick? 
does he wag his tail? You might be in for a surprise. Yeah, I, I hate that shit. Uh, I want, I want real. I want someone to sit down. Like you know, they have the different people for the news. They have like the finance guy, the, it's the weather person. They got the anchors. It's and, all like, divvied the, up. Yeah, it's divvied up for him. I want one guy. He gets a three-minute segment, and he's just the guy, the real guy, and he's just like, "All right, guys, this is what happened today in America. Fourteen thousand people died. Eighteen thousand people were born. We've lost four billion dollars. Um, a lot of people have moved, and we might go to war. We're gonna go to sports right now. <laughs> we might go to war. Just that guy. If you put him even ninety seconds, give him something. Just let him fire off some real facts at you." That would change my perception of news forever. No, that'd probably be good. That'd be a good addition, I think. That's my goal. I just want a real guy. He doesn't sugarcoat it. He doesn't give it to you fake. He's like, here's the deal. Cancer's synthetic. They're making people have it to make money. West Nile was created to destroy the Japanese people. Aliens are real. And next week, we will find out more information about the deadly asparagus root. Oh, my God. And that's what I want. That's just all I want. Give him five minutes a week, and I, I'm watching every news every news station ever isn't all the time. That, isn't that West Nile thing that you said about uh, trying to kill the Japanese true? That was like a World War II thing? It's supposedly true. Supposedly. I have to do more research. It came in like 39, yeah. You know what's hilarious? My mom actually told me about that today. We were sitting around, and she was like, uh, yeah, I heard this. Maybe you guys should talk about this. And I was like, is that true? And we were like looking into it. I was like, oh my God. This is insane <laughs> breakfast conversation. Here you go, friend. But no, it happened. It was real. It's raw. It's funny. Um, yeah. I don't know how I got on that topic, but there it is. That's Phil. Oh, yeah. That's my take on the news. And Philip. Do your research, people, please. Do it. We love you. We, we do. We you. are starting a cult here with Griffin. Give us one more before we go. One more what? You know exactly Send off, what I want. Goodbye. Come on. Hey. Get, drop us I, uh, I, drop I, us a beat. Are you ready? I am. Was that Phil Schneider's <laughs> laser weapon that release? Was too- <laughs> <laughs> the fuck was that, man? I loved it. (laughs) Follow us on all the shit. Email us, like us on the stuff. We have a Patreon page. Yeah, we do. We have uh, we added an extra bonus episode on there. That was crazy. Funny enough, it ties back into what we were just talking about. We cover news that people are never going to talk about on national television. Yeah, it's true. It's It's ridiculous. Yeah, extra bonus episode on the Patreon. So go and listen. Hell yeah! Send them money. Five dollars a month gets you all of our bonus episode. And we, we put out a juicy fucking announcement on the Patreon episode. And if you're a patron, you're in for a great surprise. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, we do you, uh, thank our patrons that we have. It is uh, Matt and Morgan. We love you both. Thank you very much for your uh, contributions. And, uh, yeah, if you check out the Patreon episode, if you are a patron, you're in for some juicy fucking shit, pal. You are going to be, your world will be rocked by what we have coming. Rocked like hurricanes. Um, oh no! Yeah. Don't finish. That. Yeah, yeah, Please yeah. do not continue. Okay. So anyway, yeah, uh, we are starting a cult. Bye. Bye. Good job. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 